Thank you, Dan, and instrumentalists and ensemble for beautiful worship today. Let's begin with a word of prayer. Oh God, give us your stillness today. Give us your grace today. God, I, I pray that in a world where everything seems different, that we will realize that you are forever the same. The same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Give us your grace, your peace, and yes, even your joy. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Our passage today is Psalm 46. We'll be looking at various verses in, in just a moment. First Baptist Church of Amarillo is 131 years old. We've experienced World War I, the Great Depression and Dust Bowl, during which time we built this beautiful sanctuary. World War II, the Vietnam War, the assassinations of President John F. Kennedy and civil rights leader Martin Luther King Jr., Watergate, and more recently, the terrorist attacks of 9-11. Dark days and unsettling situations are woven into the fabric of our journey as a community of faith. In every circumstance, in every way, our able God has always delivered his people. While we must be prudent and taking precautions as determined by the authorities, prayers have always been our ultimate hope. For God hears the cries of his people. We will both survive through and eventually overcome the coronavirus. The pandemic, as it has been called by the World Health Organization, however, creates a myriad of emotions and honesty with ourselves and with each other is the first step toward healing. Some of you may be feeling fearful today. Bombarded by bad news 24-7, much true and much made up or exaggerated can cause us to imagine that the whole world is hopeless, helpless, and in hysteria. May I remind you this morning that both the first and the last words of the Christ event are fear not. Both the first and the last words of the Christ event are fear not. The story of Christ both begins and ends with a divine declaration from an angel, fear not. In Luke chapter 1, when Gabriel comes to Mary, his greeting gives her great fear. He comforts her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Or over in one chapter, Luke chapter 2, the shepherds are out watching the flocks by night. The angel of the Lord, whose very presence caused them to feel paralyzed, said, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which shall be for all people everywhere. For unto you is born this day a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. 
Yes, the first angelic announcement is fear not, but so is the last. The story of Rabbi Jesus is sandwiched between the proclamation at his birth, fear not, and the proclamation at his resurrection, fear not. The women, Mary of Magdala and Mary, the mother of James and Joseph in Matthew's gospel, make their way on the first day of the week, even before the sun rises. In fact, in all four Gospels, Mary of Magdala, this one woman, stands immovably by Jesus. She's there when he dies. She's there when he's buried. And now she makes it to the tomb at the first available opportunity. An earthquake has occurred, and an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled away the stone and sat upon it. The angel's first words to the women, do not be afraid. For I know you are looking for Jesus, the one who has been crucified. He is not here. He has risen just as he said. But go to Galilee. Tell the disciples he will meet them there. As the angel instructs the women to go and tell the disciples to go to Galilee to see Jesus, Matthew tells us they leave the angel of announcement with both fear and great joy. That's an odd combination of emotions. They're fearful, despite the fact he says, fear not, and yet they have joy. And on the way to tell the disciples, they encounter the resurrected rabbi himself. And the first words of the resurrected Jesus are, fear not. The first words that he utters, fear not, Jesus says. I know there's a lot of fear in our community today, but Jesus says, fear not. Just like those are the first and last words of the Christ event, perhaps they're the first words of the Christ of the cosmos to us today. Fear not. Do not be afraid. Paul writes in Timothy, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Another emotion you might be experiencing today is anxiety, that nervousness or being ill at ease, an overwhelming worry, an uncertain outcome. The reality is that anxiety is even more contagious than the coronavirus, isn't it? Our own anxiety is triggered by talking to somebody else who's terribly anxious. I mean, just look at the stock market right now. Wall Street right now is one big apple of anxiety, a social contagion, overwhelmed by uncertainty of the unknown, fear of the future. The rational parts of our brains absolutely go offline. Logically, we know we don't need to buy tons of toilet paper right now. But when you see the person in the grocery store beside you with their buggy completely full, we panic and we run to the shelves and we start snatching toilet paper of all things. You know, just a month ago, it took some little bears dancing around on TV begging us to buy toilet paper. But not now. Paul says, be anxious for nothing. 
but with everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and mind through Christ Jesus. When you start feeling overwhelmed with anxiety, Scripture tells us to go to God and go to God with thanksgiving. Think of all the things you have not lost, your family, your friends, your church in its essence, your Scriptures, the presence of God's Holy Spirit. Another feeling we can all have is a feeling of being out of control. Creation has a bad habit of confusing itself with the Creator. We are not in control of our own futures. We do not control the stock market. We plan weddings that now go by the wayside because of a virus from China. We can't even gather in God's house for fear of concern for our neighbor's health. In the book of James, there's a group of businessmen in James 4.13, and they're looking over the map, and they say, we will go to this city, and we'll stay this long, we'll sell this much product, and we'll make this much profit. And the brother of our Lord James says, don't say that. Say, if the Lord wills. In a new way, this day, we all realize that we are in control with nothing. If the Lord wills. Surely we will never take the opportunity to worship for granted again. It has been a privilege given to God's people by Him. And when we can, may we flood this place with new passion and new songs and new praises to Him. In Psalm 46, the first three verses, we see the psalmist speaks of the reassertion of chaos. Though the mountains slip into the sea, though the earth should change, though the waters roar and foam, though the mountains quake, we speak naively of terra firma, don't we? Geologists have really discovered that the continents are actually afloat and continuing to be built and changed by moving plates. Volcanoes are the earth's heat vents lying near the plate perimeters where they're also earthquake-prone. So what we have then is a dynamic, living, changing planet set in an exploding, expanding universe. Creation is one great drama, and nothing is certain, says the psalmist. We have a scene of this chaotic water. You remember that water in Scripture is also often the place of evil and chaos. Remember how it all began. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was formless and void and darkness and moving over the surface of the deep, the chaotic waters. And God was moving over that in the beginning. So we see that chaos tries to reassert itself. Secondly, we see that we will not fear. God, he says, is our refuge, and God is our strength, and therefore we will not be afraid. God has been in the business from the very beginning of making order out of chaos, and therefore we do not have to be fearful. Though the foundation should shake, warp, we don't have to fear. 
We don't know the circumstances that caused this song to sing forth from the heart of the psalmist, but whatever it was, his order, his peace has led to chaos, and he declares in his song, even so, I will not be afraid. Some of you here this morning, your world is coming unraveled. Nothing seems certain to you any longer. The mountains of this life seem to be slipping away. The tidal waves are roaring and crashing. The earthquakes. Will someone utter just one word of good news? The psalmist brings that good news. The psalmist looks and sees the uncertainty of this life, but then he sees the certainty of God. He sees the uncertainty of the chaos that's in front of him, then he sees a God who is forever and always the same. It is as if he weighs the power of chaos against the power of God who's the same. He begins and he says, it's okay. God wins. God is my refuge, my strength, and I won't fear the word for trouble, a very present help in trouble, is a confining word, a constricting word. Perhaps the way we feel having to stay in our homes so much is distressed word, a cramped word, closing quarters. But even so, we do not have to fear. Fear is gone because of the provision of God. Whether it's hurricane or tidal wave or earthquake or avalanche or virus or volcano, through it all, the creator, the sustainer of this lively planet holds us fast. Then in verses 4 through 7, we don't have to fear because water isn't always chaotic. In op in opposition to the chaos of the dark water is this living stream of God that flows right through the holy dwelling places of the Most High. God will only need to utter His voice and the whole earth will melt. God is our stability and our security. And finally, in verses 8 through 11, God says, Be still. And know that I'm God. This vision changes here in the end. The word for behold is the word for a seer or a prophet. When they begin to see what God is about to do, behold, look as the prophet looks. Behold is a declaration that comes. Come and behold the works of the Lord. He's wrought desolations in the earth. He makes the wars to cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow. He cuts the spear in two. He burns a chariot with fire. Now, at the end is peace, but before that is judgment. It is true with the Old Testament prophecy or the New Testament apocalyptic passages this be still is not necessarily first and foremost a calming word, but rather it is a command. It is leave off, quiet, be still. It's like Jesus standing in the boat and commanding the waves, stop it. God shall command, leave off, be still, 
whatever else is uncertain for you today, God is certain. And God is sure. And God is the same today as he was last week when we filled this room. It's the same God that will be in the future when we fill this room again. Be still and know that he is God. The psalmist ends with a beautiful refrain, a a repetition of verse 7. The Lord of hosts is with us. The Lord of hosts is with us. For all the times that this psalm was written, for all the occasions for it to be sung, it has never meant more to us than it means today. God in his infinite wisdom knew that his church would cling to these words all over the world today. The Lord of hosts is with us and the God of Jacob is our stronghold. Be still and know that I'm God. Unprecedented is the word that we use and in some ways it surely is. My pastor friend Bobby Dagnall reminds us that however the church has been through epidemics and pandemics and plagues and mass hysteria, the church has a long history of finding herself at ground zero, ready to be the place of hope, peace, care, and ministry. In AD 165 and following the Antonine plague, the Christians stood tall when the rest fled. Rodney Stark writes in his book, The Rise of Christianity, when the pagan leaders, including the physicians, fled, Christians stayed to serve. Fast forward, the same is true of the plague of Cyprian in A.D. 250 to 270. The same is true in the bubonic plague in 1527. In fact, the great reformer Martin Luther, when the black death of the bubonic plague struck Wittenberg in 1527, he took all the precautions the physicians told him to take, but he looked at the church and said, man your post. We have to be wise and listen to the advice of medical experts. To be foolish only adds to the frenzy and doesn't help anyone. But this virus will give the church new vision to be the calm presence of Christ in the chaos. In the days ahead, there are going to be new ways for us to love, new ways for us to hope. New opportunities, though our portfolios are slimmer, new opportunities to give, new possibilities for us to be the presence of Christ in the midst of the chaos and the people who have no idea where to find hope. 
God is a refuge. God is our strength. Therefore, we will hope. And not only will we hope, we will carry that hope to a world that is hurting. First Baptist Church of Amarillo will be a better church on the other side, focused and fierce for the gospel. Together, we will move forward in courage. We will be okay. God has never left his throne. And when we are able to gather again, everyone should be in his or her place. And we should sing. No, we should shout praises to a God who has been good to his people. God is our refuge and strength. The Lord of hosts, he is with us. And the God who saved Jacob is still the stronghold of his people. Let's pray. Oh God, either in this room, within 200 miles of this place, or maybe 2,000 miles by live stream, your people have gathered to hear your word of hope, that God is our refuge and God is our strength. And we leave this service of worship a people of hope. And maybe like the ladies who left the resurrection, joy and fear joined together. But then hearing the words of the resurrected rabbi, you do not have to be afraid. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.